Quentin, Quentin, can you read this verse, please? But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Amen. Amen. Exactly. God is saying to everyone here, you are not too young to go out to preach the gospel. You are not too young to go speak the word to your friends. You are not too young to start a Christian club in your school. He is saying, go out to speak the words, to speak the word of Jesus. He is saying, go out to speak the word to the light. Be the light in your school. Be the light into the darkness. Be the light, he is saying. All right, now let's get ready for worship, everyone. Woo!
He's like no other. God, I ask that you would draw us near, Lord, as we sing about your holiness, God, that you would sing over us, God, and call us into that holiness, Lord God, with you. We want to be set apart. We want to be holy like you.
Yes, Lord. You are great. You are great, God. Let us lift our arms and surrender today. Let's lift our arms high. Those who haven't lifted their arms before, raise them up to Jesus. Raise your arms up high. Let them know that you're here because he is here. He is moving today because he is the great I am. Let's say that over our lives today. Let them have our lives. He is worthy of all our praise. He is holy, holy. God almighty he is. Great I am. Thank you, Lord, for bringing everyone here. All that pain, all that hatred, all that baggage that you entered here with has been left at the door. God has scooped it all up and is making you new right now. Starting with this blank slate, know that you are ready to receive today, God. We pray for receptive hearts today, Lord. Hearts that know that you are great. Hearts that know that you are God and know that the world will bring us down, but we can overcome the world, Jesus. There is no place that we go that you have not been, Lord. We are not alone. You are here for us always, God. And we pray, we pray to our Savior because you are the only one that can save us in this world. And we know that our world is meant for you, Jesus. And we pray this all in your mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. What's up, what's up? Who's excited to be at Elevate? Elevate? What, what? What, what? God is good and all the time. Amen, amen. Let's get some jams up in this place. Let's get it bumping while I tell y'all about the announcements we got. We're here at Elevate every Friday night, 7 p.m. You know our address. Uh, we got some announcements we want to give to you. We have a vision here, which is loving God and loving people. Who knows what loving God means? Y'all got to know by now what loving God means. Anybody, anybody. Oh, Destiny's looking back. You ready? You got it? Okay. You better look, girl. Go ahead. 
Worship God with passion and obey his commands. Ooh, amen, amen. And what's loving people mean? Anybody. Oh, the, the applause died out after I said loving people. Semester. Humberto heard that. He was like, what is this? Oh, okay. All right. Let's see. Make my way over here. Okay. To help those in need and praise the God. Ooh, amen, amen. To help in need and preach the gospel. Make some noise, make some noise. All right, and then we have a strategy, connect, mentor, and send. We're going to connect you through our life groups we got. We got the ambassadors. Exactly. And then we got the resistance. Why is this always so unfair? Steve, can you tell me why this is so unfair? It's okay. We all are in this together. We're one body of Christ. And then we're going to mentor you in our 101 and 201. So 101ers. Dang. Wow. I'm going to give you one more chance at that. We're going to mentor you in the 101 and 201. So I got my 101ers. Oh, my gosh. That's just messed up. And then we got 201. That's better. That's better. And then we're going to send you out to make disciples that make disciples for our ultimate goal of 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. Now, everybody can say amen to that. Amen. 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 Now, I'm going to tell you all about what we got coming up next week. We got the next elite, the wages of sin. Y'all better get. Come on. Y'all got to get excited. Wait, go. Go back. Go back a slide. Go back one slide real quick. Hold on, hold on, because they weren't ready for it. I don't think they were. Steve, were they ready? They weren't ready. They weren't ready. So we got next week, we got Elit coming up. There we go. There we go. Some excitement. And we want y'all to wear your costumes. It's going to be like trick or treat, except y'all ain't going to get no tricks, except Steve might trick you and not give you candy. But wear your costumes, bring some visitors, and we got a super dope play going to happen or a skit. And we got a word coming following that, so it's going to be amazing. And everybody said amen because I'm just so excited about it. I'm trying to, like, contain myself right now. Okay, we're good. All right, stand to your feet for tithes and offerings. Who knows what a tithe is without looking at the screen? Jojo, I think you looked at the screen, but I'll give it to you anyway. Ten, uh, ten percent. It's a ten, ten. 10% of his whole income. Amen, amen. And what's an offering? Who knows what an offering is? Lala? Oh, we got sister coming through. Whatever you offer to God after your tithe. Amen, amen. They both got it right. Make some noise. And then we got a famous example going to pop up on the screen. What is 10% of Job's sheep? It's not Job's. It's Job's. Who knows what 10% of Job's sheep is? Who knows how many sheep Job had in the first place? I know Lawrence knows. Lawrence, you know. Do you know, Lawrence? Are you sad to say that you don't know? <laughs> Nobody knows? Dang, Joby, you might have got him this time, Joby. Look, at, look how smiley Joby is back there. Somebody's got to get this right, man. Nobody's got it. All right, what's the answer? What's 10% of Job's sheep? That was super dramatic. Uh, am I am I gonna get an answer? It's one what? <laughs> and it disappeared. One thousand sheep. So that means that Job had how many sheep? Amen. Amen. All right. Wait, no, not t is that ten thousand? That is ten thousand. No, that's 
Yeah, that's 100,000. Come on, guys. Get your mad. Let's bow our heads and pray. Yep. Who said, who said 100,000? It's okay. We're going to pray for y'all. Come on. Bow your heads. Jesus, we come in your mighty name, and we ask you to bless us in this place, God. But I pray before you would do that, God, that we will be able to be a blessing to your kingdom, God, that we will be able to give our tithes faithfully, God, and we will be able to bless the ministry, God, that whatever needs that you have in your church, God, that they will be financed through the people of the congregation, God. And I pray that here at Elevate there will just be an explosion, God, that they will be blessed in their finances so that we here can give and we could do greater things for this ministry, God. And I pray in your mighty name, Jesus, that we would go out and be true disciples of you, God, and witness to our friends and get everybody here for next week's Elit, God, so people will be saved in your name, so your heart so your uh, heart could be revealed to these people and it will pierce our hearts to change lives, Jesus. And it's in your mighty name that we pray all these things. And everybody said, amen. Come forward as you give. All right, elevate, elevate, what, 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 how's everybody doing today? That's what I'm talking about, man. How many people's excited about next week Elit, right? Let's see the excitement. Do people already have their costumes? Let's, let's get some of these costumes in here. What is, what is, this is Angel, by the way. Acholo. Oh my goodness. Oh, no, let's say it. I don't think you guys caught this. Hear this. Hear this. A cholo. She is going to be a cholo. Legit, yo. Chola. It's going to be chola. Anybody else? Who else? Who else? Erica, you got one? Let's give it up for Erica. She's new today. Come on. A cop. A cop. Come on. Anybody else? There she goes. Let me go over here. There we go. Candace from the Hunger Games. Oh. All right. Anybody else? David, what are you going to be, man? A lumberjack. He's going to be a lumberjack. Dude, that goes, too. Dude, I like that one, man. Anybody else? We next see one more. So a radical one. Are you raising your hand? TJ, where? Oh, TJ, what are you going to be? <laughs> a black man. Oh, my goodness, man. TJ, come up here, man. Come up here. This brother said he's going to be a black man. Give it up for TJ. This brother's doing big things, big things this year. And then, oh, yes, right here. I am going to be a hero of faith. I am going to be Rahab. There you go. Let's give it up for Rahab. Come on, somebody, man. So, so next week is going to go down, right? We're going to be changing. Every time we have an ELIT for a lot of new people that are here, in ELIT, the service changes, right? So we do it a little bit different in the fact that it's a gospel presentation, and we're going to have a skin, a lot of things going on. And then it's, like, it's, it's almost like a hangout night for fellowship. 
All right, so we're going to be having costumes, things like that. We're obviously going to be handing out raffles, and we're going to be having a gift for the, um, for the best costume. Come on, somebody. So it's either going to be the chola or it's going to be the black man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's going to be tough right here, you know? But nonetheless, I wanted to ask you guys, bring yourselves, obviously, right, and bring all your friends. We're giving out a $25 gift card for the person that brings the most visitors that day. And if you, like, exceed the expectations, we may even double that $25 gift card, all right? So I just want to put that out there, man. I said that means that'll be $50 gift card for the one that brings the most, most gifts. I mean, the most, most visitors, all right? So that's what I'm talking about, man. But right now, we want to continue on now. We're going to be going on our next Hero of Faith uh, in our series, Heroes of Faith. I'm not going to say the name, but I'm going to let the brother do it. But we want to give it up for Yuli Munoz. Come on, somebody. What's up, Elevate? Elevate? That's the excitement I'm looking for, man. Praise God. Uh, so today, man, I'm going to be talking about uh, uh, Samson. Who, who, has, who knows who Samson is? With the raise of the hands. Other than Bible College students and leaders. Okay, Lana knows. Jojo, obviously. Pastor's kids, they know. <laughs> they know who Samson is. Well, this, uh, this, uh, this uh, sermon, man, this uh, message is going to encourage y'all, man. It's really going to encourage y'all to, uh, to rely on God and rely on God's strength and your weakness. And just always to rely on God. It's so important. But before I begin, I want, I want to open up in a word of prayer. Amen. It's good to pray, right? Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we, uh, we thank you, God, for this night. We thank you, God, for bringing, God, this young congregation here, God, just to, uh, to listen, God, to your voice, God, to, to rely on you, God, to, to be in, in your presence, oh, God. Lord, I pray, God, that tonight, God, uh, revival will come, God, that tonight, God, transformation and breakthroughs, God, just come through, rushing in, Lord, God, and that your Holy Spirit, God, will just dwell amongst them, Lord. I pray, Father God, that tonight will be the night where they say, I want to follow Jesus now. I want to break up with the devil now and now. want to have a relationship with you. Father God, bless them, God. I pray, God, that you show them the way, the truth, and life that you are, Lord. God, that you send your one only begotten son, God, to die for our sins, O oh Lord. Lord, have your way, God. We pray this all in your name, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Uh, Joby, can you put out the picture? All right, guys. I don't want nobody to stumble, okay? But this is, uh, this is pretty much a, a, a little visual for y'all of what Samson looked like, you know, back then. Now, I know he looks like T-Pain on steroids, right, or something like that. <laughs> but um, he had, Samson, he had locks, right? He had long hair uh, braided in, into a, uh, just called dreadlocks. And um, he's massive, right? He's strong, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger type of strength. He's big, right? That's how Samson was. He, he was swole. This brother did not play. He had some serious strength. And not only did he have physical strength, but he had some supernatural strength. In other words, strength from, from God, and in which God allowed him to do some crazy, crazy stuff with his strength. And it's awesome. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll read about it. But uh, I just wanted to show you guys, you know, what Samson looked like, just so you guys don't think, wait, who's Samson? Was he skinny? Did he have blonde, blue eyes? No, this is what he looked like, okay? Just, just keep that visual in your mind, right? But um, can you go to a Hebrews, please? We're going to continue on in our journey here, man, with the, with the Hall of Fame of, of Heroes. 
So the scripture is, uh, and what, what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed uh, uh, foreign armies. So a lot, of, a lot of crazy stuff going on here. But uh, there's not much said about Samson in that, in, that, in that passage. So therefore, we have to go to where they talk about Samson, which is in the book of uh, Judges. And uh, can you please turn to uh, Judges? Okay, so uh, the book of Judges and uh, it, it, the, the story of Samson, it's a lot. <laughs> it goes from chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. Now, I will be here all night if I were to talk to you all about that, so I can't go into all that. So where I will start off is in Judges 16, which is the last chapter uh, where, um, where a, lot of, a lot of stuff is revealed about Samson, and, and uh, we'll, we'll read it. So uh, the beginning is, one day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. The people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made, they made no move during the night, saying, at dawn, we'll kill him. Now, reading the beginning, you guys are already thinking, like, man, did this dude just sleep with a prostitute? Yes, Samson, he literally, he, he had uh, sexual relations with this uh, prostitute. Now, to give you a little background of Samson, uh, Samson, he was, uh, um, he, he was a judge, right, a judge. You know, he led people. He was the deliverer of Israel back at the time where Israel was under oppression of, uh, of under the, the Philistines. The Philistines, you know, they were enemies with, with uh, the Israelites. And, and uh, uh, Samson, he was promised to be the deliverer of Israel. Now think about that. You know, God, God is telling, you know, uh, let's say, George, are you going to be the deliverer of Chicago? It's crazy, right? Little dude, he's going to be the deliverer of Chicago, right? And uh, so this is how it is, right? Uh, and what happened is that, uh, in chapter uh, 13 of Judges, an angel of the Lord appeared to uh, Samson's mother, telling her that that you are going to have uh, you're going to bear a son who will who will judge Israel for for so many amount of years, right, and deliver Israel and through his strength and and all and such and such. But one thing about Samson is that he was called to be a Nazarite, and what a Nazarite is, according to uh, to Numbers uh, chapter six, is that in, an individual would take a vow to be set apart for God. For a, a period of time in order for devotion unto God could be stronger. Now, a Nazarite, what they would do is that they would restrain from eating uh, certain foods that had grapes, uh, drinking wine that had grapes, even the grape skin. And, um, and, and these things were done just, you know, like I said, for the devotion unto God could be stronger. Now, part of number six in the, in the, in the Nazarite vow was that you could not uh, marry a pagan woman. In this case, a pagan woman will be a Philistine or anyone who's pretty much against what, what, uh, what the number six says uh, and according also to uh, Levitical law. Now, this, this dude, Samson, right, he, uh, where's the scripture? Uh, he slept with a prostitute. Now, that is messed up, right? He, he made a vow to, to say, I'm going to be holy. I'm not going to, you know, marry no pagan woman. I'm not going to even sleep or, or look towards a, a pagan woman or and he, uh, he slept with a prostitute. Now, uh, before this chapter, uh, uh, Samson, he, uh, he won a battle. 
you know, he killed us, uh, I think about a thousand Philistines. And right after that, after doing such a righteous thing, right, in, in God's eyes, he goes and sleeps with a prostitute. That's messed up. Like, this dude just finished doing something awesome, and now he's going to sleep with a prostitute. So he falls into sin, right? He has sex with a, with a harlot, and that's what it's called in, in, uh, in the Bible. My translation, that's what I have it. And due to his sinful act, right, he is expected in, in the city, and the, and the Gazites, they go looking for him. Now, Samson is smart. Uh, if you can continue on with the other verses. But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night, so he was hiding. Then he got up and took hold of the doors of the city gate, together with the two posts, and tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Now, what this is pretty much saying is that he literally carried the city on his shoulders. Like I was talking about, the dude was swole. You don't have to go to the picture, but he did that. It didn't come up from, from his physical strength, from his supernatural strength. God allowed him to do this so he can escape. Now, the only, re the only reason why uh, the... Um, the people in, in Gaza, they knew that Samson was there because he was exposed. His sin exposed him. His sin exposed him of, of all the, you know, what he did. And therefore, they said, hey, Samson's here. And they knew that. Why? Because he slept with a prostitute. So, uh, and as we continue reading, sometime later, he fell in love with the woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Here we go again, Samson. He saw another girl. This time is Delilah. Now the rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we, can, so, we, so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Now the messed up part here is that Delilah did not care about Samson's a crazy look, his physique. She cared about the money, you know. And from what the Bible says, that money is the root of all evil. She didn't care about how how awesome he looked. She cared about the money, and she received it. She said, "She said, okay, I will go subdue him. I will tempt him. In other words, I will entice him. I will I will try to lure him into my my uh, my 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 own looks because I'm sure Delilah was was pretty to Samson and he had to fall in love with her, right? And so." She's, uh, she's starting to begin, right, to lure him in, to entice him. And she says, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Samson answered, answered her, if anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll become as weak as any other man. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she tied him with them. With men hidden in the room, she called to him. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the bowstrings as easily as a piece of string straps, snaps when it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. So he pretty much was toying with her. He's messing with her, right? Then Delilah said to Samson, you have made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now and tell me how you can be tied. He said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used. Sorry, continue. I'll become as weak as any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with, with them. Then, with men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they were threads. Fold her again. Delilah then said to Samson, All this time you have been making a fool of me and lying to me. 
Tell me how you can be tied. He replied, if you weave the seven braids of my head into the fabric on the loom and tighten it with the pin, I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids off his head, wove them, uh, wove them into the fabric, and tightened it with the pin. Again, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and pulled up the pin and the loom with the fabric. Pulled her again. <laughs> it just keeps on toying. And I find this funny because I see this in movies sometimes. Like a couple, they're fighting and, you know, they're just like messing around. And then, so then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. Now, to me, that sounds like manipulation, right? This girl saying, oh, you say you love me. I thought you loved me. You know, why don't you do this? And I, and I kind of could, could relate that to y'all, man. Like, you know, I don't know what relationship you're in. You're not supposed to be in, right? And your boyfriend's like, yeah, come on, baby. I thought you loved me. You know, let's, let's go. Let's go to the room, right? And then you're like, nah, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. This pretty much what is happening here. And I want to relate that to y'all, man. Like, <laughs> the moment your boyfriend, man, says that, you, you, you know, Pastor Joe said that one time when you grab a sandal and you smack it across the face. <laughs> it's true, though. Don't be found to no manipulation. All right? That is not love. That is lust, my friends. All right? That is lust. And this, this gal right here, right, uh, Delilah is trying to manipulate him. And the thing about Samson, as you can tell by now, is that he's weak before women. He is weak before women. And the problem with that is, is that, you know, um, he, he can be so easily manipulated. The, the slightest manipulation can bring him down and he will fall. And, and, and soon enough, you know, he, he starts to reveal, right, his, his true strength. And uh, we'll find that out um, with such, oh, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she, pro she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. So he revealed it to her. Now, the, the, the thing about this is that Samson, he didn't fully reveal, like, he didn't say, God is my strength. He's revealing something powerful about his Nazarene vow. And as I was explaining to you all earlier, uh, something I left out was that in the Nazarene vow, uh, a man was to uh, let his hair grow. And in such a way, like uh, uh, dreadlocks, as I showed you guys the picture, he had dreadlocks, right? You don't have to bring it up. But um, he, he was revealing that to her. Now, a lot of you out here, I don't know what kind of hair you got, but who has anybody got dreadlocks in here? No? Nobody? Maybe Will. Where's Will at? No? So he's right, the dreadlocks, right? Now, that's not the true strength, okay? And I don't want to reveal it to you guys here, right? But anyway, let's keep on reading. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines. Come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for Samson to shave off the seven braids of his hair. And so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. Now, this is the sad part about Samson is that his strength has already left him, meaning that, that the Lord has, has, has left, has, he stopped giving him the supernatural strength. 
And Samson was so sure. He was so confident. He was so prideful. I'm going to escape this this one time. The same way I fooled you, woman, I'm going to fool you again. Surely he was wrong. He didn't escape. He couldn't. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding grain in the prison, but the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. So it's pretty gruesome. Um, I don't want to get, I'll get graphic with y'all. Y'all watch radar movies. But they gouged out his eyes. Think about that. They took his eyes out. That is painful. I don't, I, I don't want to feel that. Like, could you just imagine getting your eyes gouged out? So they gouge his eyes out, right? And then they, they start to make him into a prisoner, a slave. And um, hold on a second. Uh, so they gouge his eyes out, and, they, and he, starts, he starts grinding grain in the prison. In other words, he starts uh, making crops, you know, doing certain things that, that, um, that they, they wanted him to work with, right? But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. And as I was reading this, I was asking God, like, wait, why did his hair start growing again? You know, I thought when you break the Nazareth vow, that's it, you're done. You're set up, you're completely, you're done with God, you know. But I, I asked God, like, God, if it grew, what did he do? And, it, and, and then God was showing me that, was that his hope in God started to come back. He started to now realize that, man, I messed up. I messed up bad. I sinned so much that now I'm literally blind because his eyes are gouged, gouged out, right? And now they're, they're beginning to torment him, right? They're, he's become a slave. So things are so real to him now because of how he messed up. And that's what God was showing me, man. And I want to just, you know, put this in, in, in real life perspective to you guys. You know, in, in your sin, right, when you sin as, as a Christian, it's, it's not a good thing. You know, it's, it's kind of like a smack to, to God's face. You know, you've been washed away, right, from your sins by the blood of Jesus, and now you choose to say, man, you know what? Let me just sin one more time. That doesn't sound like, like true deliverance, right? Like, wait, if I'm saved, how come I'm, no, I'm still going to go and sin? And why, the reason why is because people start, they stop relying on God and they start to now rely on themselves. They're start, they're, they start to now rely on their weakness and, 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 and less on God. You know, and, and their weakness, they're like, man, I can't do it anymore. God, God doesn't seem to help me. God doesn't seem to give me a way out of temptation. So why should I rely on him? But no, that's, that's wrong. You know, in, in your weakness, that's where you have to start relying on God. And as we can see, Samson, now he, he's starting to realize it. But let's keep on reading. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their God and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. This is, this is, what's going on here is pretty much, Samson has made God look like a fool. Because they have now, the, the false god of Dagon, right? They literally think that they have the true God and they have, and, and that God has delivered Israel's deliverer, right? Into their hands. That's giving God a bad name. Literally, it's giving God a, God a bad name. Putting, it, putting a, a false a false God that he is the true God. So Samson and me into our hands, right? When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. 
This guy has no eyes, right? He, he's pretty much weak right now. The, the Lord has completely left, left them without no strength. And they want Samson to entertain them. That is messed up. <laughs> they want him to entertain them. Now, at that time, I, I, I really don't know as to what kind of entertainment, you know, they, they had him do. I don't know if he danced. I don't know if he told jokes. But whatever it is that he did, it was, it was strictly out of manipulation. You know, it, it was almost to a point of persecution. So our God, um, so they called Samson out of prison, and he, and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. Continue. Men and women, all the rules of the Philistines were there, and on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. Here it is. He's praying to God, right? Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my, for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Crazy stuff, right? So Samson, he, he, you know, he's, he's getting tortured. He's getting manipulated. Everything's so real to him. And he's praying. He's asking God for mercy. He's saying, God, help me just once more. Can you please give me more strength? And as I was uh, studying the life of Samson, uh, this is, wasn't the first time that he, that he did it, that he was asking God for strength. It was almost as if Samson was taking advantage of, of, of his supernatural abilities, right? He was relying too much on his strength, and he completely forgot who was the one that gave him that strength. And it was God. You know, and I feel that that's a lot of problems today, man, and, and a lot of young people in the church, man, is that, you know, a, a, lot, a, lot, of, a lot of these young, young folks, right, or some of you here, rely so much on just the salvation, right, that God has given you. Like, yeah, God saved me, and you walk around, like, with this stamp that's like, I'm saved, I'm saved, I go to church, I'm saved. But forgetting, man, that who was the one that gave you that salvation? Jesus, right? He died for our sins, right? And, and who sent him? God. God Almighty sent Jesus into this world to die for our sins. He is the one that we had to look to. He is the one behind the, the, the gift. So if we start to rely so much, man, on, on this stamp of I'm saved, you know, you walk, you walk in church with like a, almost in, in failure, right? And like weakness, like, man, like, I, I, I sinned today. Why did I sin today? And yet the following day, you know, you go on saying, I'm saved. I'm going to go to church on Sunday. I'm going to see if I can get right with God again. And then you walk out and you go to school and it's the same old story again. And it's because you're portraying this mentality of I'm just saved. But it's, it's, it's really, it's more than that. It's you having to rely on Jesus. It's you having to say, Jesus, I'm going to trust in you. I can't trust in myself. You know, enough with that. Like, stop really, stop trusting on yourselves. Trust on God more. He's the one that, 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 that you have to say, God, you are my fortress. You are my rock. Without you, I can't do anything. You know, think about the, when, you, when, when you weren't saved, right, and you didn't have Jesus. All you did was just rely on, on each other, rely on your, your parents, you know, your, your dog, whatever it is. But it was really down to you. Like, I'm going to do me type of stuff, right? It's me against the world. I don't need nobody in my life. But if you put that same thing, man, as right now when you're saved, 
you're prone, man, to the enemy's attacks. In this case, Samson, he was prone to so many attacks because he was misusing the, the strength that God has given him. And that is why, why is, that is why the Lord left him for that temporary time. Because Jesus didn't just leave him forever, right? No, he came later on when he prayed. And he said, Lord, he said, Lord, right? What was the prayer that he said? Can you go back to the prayer, please? Samson said, let me, no, uh, before. Yeah, then Samson prayed to the Lord, sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more. You know, and I was real. I was like, wait, God, wait, did, did, did he think, did Samson just think that he, that, that you forgot about him? You know, Samson was, was wrong. Like, God didn't forget about him. God was there. God was just teaching him a lesson. And that's something that God, God still does today. God teaches us lessons because he is a good father, a good father disciplines. You know, and I don't know if, I don't know if a lot of you here, you know, you grew up without, uh, without a father in your home. You know, not disciplining, not showing you, you know, what's right. But I can assure you one thing, that God will do that. Because God is a God to the fatherless, and God will teach you some things. He will teach you some lessons. He will let you fail in certain, in certain circumstances. You know, and it's because sin, sin, sin is something that is so strong. And there's consequences with sin. Yes, Jesus washed away your sins, but if you commit a murder, right, the consequence of that is that you're going to go to jail, right? You can't just get away with murder, right? It's, just, it's not something that's just like a video game in Grand Theft Auto, like you choose somebody. No, a real-life murder, there's a consequence, and you will go to jail. However, it, despite the sin, God, yes, God will deliver you, and God will save you. And I was praying, right, and when I was doing this message, and I was asking God, like, God, show me some of the sins, man, that a few of these youth are going through. And God was showing me. And one, one was pornography. One was pride. One was, the other one was vanity. And the other one, it was uh, suicidal thoughts. You know, and all, all of this together, it had to do with weakness. It had to do with so much weakness. And I asked God, like, God, like, wh where did they fall? Where did they give up? And it was, as I said before, they stopped relying on me. They stopped relying on God. You need to rely on God, my friends. Like, I understand, you know, you go through struggles at your schools, right, and, and, and at home. Mama don't love me. You know, she, she don't pay attention to me. But God is there wanting to pay attention. You just got to open up, open up your arms and your heart and surrender your weakness. Surrender your weakness and say, Jesus, Come. Lord, remember me, just as Samson saying, right? Remember me, please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines. Now, a part about this about Samson is that he was a very vengeful person, right? He wanted to take revenge on his enemies. The thing about this is that God didn't care about the revenge that he wanted. See, God alone will, will, will still succeed in his plans. You know, he, God took the benefit. Samson didn't. God gave him the strength just once more, right, to take down the Philistines. And if you can go to the end of the, the scripture, please. Thus he, thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. Think about that. As I was explaining earlier, he killed a thousand men, right? And in this case, he killed so many. He killed men and women, right, in, in, the, in the city of Gaza, right? A lot of Philistines were there, a whole bunch of Philistines. And they were the enemy. They were, like I was telling you guys earlier, you know, Israel was in so much oppression, man. So much oppression under the hands of the Philistines, you know. And for Samson, man, to, to, to still have the, uh, the courage 
without eyes, right, literally blind, to say, God, help me. Take hold of me, right? Deliver me so that, the, you know, I can win this battle. But he was wrong, you know. God won the battle. God won the battle, not Samson. And uh, I want to I share this with y'all. You know, uh, this was a very uh, challenging uh, message for me to write because I was dealing with some weakness. You know, these past, these past few months, uh, I was working this job. And in this job, you know, I, it, was, uh, it was tough. I was working third shift. It was uh, the hours. It was ridiculous. It was about uh, 11 p.m. to about 7 in the morning. And I would come home so tired. You know, you can ask my wife about this. I would come home so tired that all I would want to do is sleep. I was, I, was, I was starting to become weary. I was starting to become weak. And I was forgetting so much that, man, who am I relying on now? Am I relying on God or am I relying on myself or am I relying on my weakness? You know, and, and, then, and then soon behold, man, God started to show me where I went wrong. That I, I, I stopped relying on him in this time. And then soon, man, at my job, you know, God started to speak to my heart. You know, he started to show me where I went wrong. And then I shout out to God and I cried. I almost, I, I, with certain tears at my job, I wanted to cry. I had to walk away because it was just so real to me. It was so loud. The voice of God was so loud to me. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, uh, you know, God's voice being loud. But it was loud. And this is at my job. Think about that. And so I hear his voice. And I'm like, man, God, God, forgive me. And I felt kind of like Samson, like, God, just this once more, give me strength. Lord, forgive me for what I have done, for not relying on you and relying on myself. Because you were the one who gave me this job, right? You were the one who, who through all this time was still keeping me alive. You know, when I was working my butt off with this job, you know, God was keeping me alive. He was giving me the strength. And so in that time, you know, man, it, I felt like a huge weight off my shoulders. You know, and I really wanted you guys, man, to... Uh, to start, start now, man, start tonight to say that, God, I want to rely on you. I want to depend on you. And, of course, it has to be done in humility. You know, you, you can't say, God, can just give me your strength, God. Just give me your strength. Just, just give it to me just once, you know, so that I can go holler at this girl. You know, give me a supernatural strength so I could pick up a school bus or something. No, that's not how it works. That's not how the supernatural strength works. Let's, let's not be like Samson. Let's not, let's, let's not learn that about Samson, okay? However, let's learn the courageous faith of Samson, okay? And, um, and so, yeah, like I was saying, you know, this is, this, is, this is a story, man, that was challenging for me, to, for me to write because my faith was being challenged. My faith was being challenged so much that it, to a point I was like, man, God, like, <laughs> it becomes so real to me, so more real to me than, than ever before, right? And I want, you, I want you guys to ask that, ask that question to yourself. You know, how, how real is, is God to me? You know, how, how, is, how am I putting my faith in God? Am I putting in my, my faith in man? Am I putting my faith in, in myself, in my, in my work, in my studies, in my mom? Your faith has to be solely on God. That's what this whole series, this whole series of Here's of the Faith is, man, is putting your faith in God. Not putting your faith in man. And in this case, in Samson's story, yeah, he failed. God used him in his sin, right? That's not something that I want you guys to do, okay? Let me get that clear. Do not, don't think now that, oh, I'm going to go in sin and God's still going to use me. <laughs> okay, let's not do that. Yes, God would use you. But remember, like I was saying, there's consequences of your sins. You go smoke a blunt and you spark up and then you're a, you're a, 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 a leader in Elevate, there's going to be consequences with that. They're going to tell you, hey, step down, my bro. 
Because you cannot be a leader, right? Smoking blunts and doing all that stuff. These are consequences that we face when it comes to us saying, God, I don't need you. I'm a sin. Let me just do it this once more. And then all of a sudden, it seems like, man, we need God now. All of a sudden, now we need God, right? But, guys, I'm telling you, you need God every hour of your, of your day. You need God every day. It's not just when you're weak. It's not just when, when you're going through something. You know, it's not just when, when, uh, when Abuelito, Abuelita died. No, it's, it's every day. You know, God is not some genie, right? You can just say, God, uh, can you just answer this prayer for me? And then you walk away and you go about your sin. That's not relying on God. That's relying on some prayer and superstition thing. You have to rely on God. And I want you, I want to challenge y'all, man, to do that tonight. Start relying on God. Ask God where you, where you fell. Because I kept it real with y'all. Where I felt was, was trusting in God. I was, I was trusting more in my own physical abilities to provide for my wife and all these things. When I completely forgot that I have to rely on God, who is the one who was providing for me. So I want to challenge y'all with that tonight. And in closing, man, if y'all could please stand. I want to share this, this scripture with you guys. It's in uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verses uh, 29 through 31. And it goes like this. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Guys, this is speaking to you right now. This, this was speaking to me a while ago, and I want to share this with y'all. You're weary. You're tired. Right? You're, you, you've had it. You're, you're weak. But who do we have to trust now? Who do we have to cry out to? Like Samson did, Right? having his eyes gouged out, being blinded of sin, now literally blinded, saying, God, help me, praying and crying out to the Lord. Do you want to be like Samson? Do you want to be like Delilah and, 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 and all the people that, that he just, you know, he hurt and, and, and harmed? Now we have to be, you know, the image of Jesus and having faith like these heroes, right? Like Samson, the courageous faith. And just like Isaiah says here, that they will soar on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary. Just, just picture that. You're soaring like an eagle. You're, you're, you're almost like limitless to a point where you say, God, I'm trusting on you so much that I'm not even looking back anymore. I'm not even looking back at my mistakes anymore. I'm looking forward to the cross now. The one who saved me. The one who redeemed me. Relying just on the, like I was saying, relying just on the fact that I'm just saved, that's going to get you nowhere. It's not going to get you anywhere. You can come to church and treat it like a club and say, I'm saved. You know, speaking the Christianese life, right? And then walking out and going by your business, thinking that, yeah, we don't see things, but God sees things. God saw Samson's sin, right? And he had to deal with the consequences. He delivered him into the hands of the enemies. His own enemies, think about that. Our God let him fail in the hands of the enemies so that Samson could, could realize, yeah, you messed up because you need to rely on me. And I feel that that's what God is, is yelling at you guys right now. He's knocking on your hearts. With, with, it's so loud, just how loud it was to me in my job. He's being loud with you, but you're being stubborn. Your pride is just so strong that you say, 
I don't know, I, I feel that I'm relying so much on, on myself. Drop that. Pick up your Bible and, and open it up to this scripture as it says in Isaiah. And let that speak to your heart. Start tonight, guys. This is not a game. This is serious. Let's bow our heads. Jesus. I had Stephanie prepare this song. You know, this song spoke to me, and I wanted to, to really hit you guys in, in such a way. Let this heart minister to your heart. The song minister to your hearts. Jesus.
Whatever sin you're dealing with, as I mentioned, pride, pornography, suicidal thoughts and vanity, or anything like that, that has made you weak, I want to invite you to come to the altar, to lay it down at Jesus' feet, to lay it down at the throne. Because in your weakness, you need to surrender to God. You need to cry out to God in your weakness. Stop walking defeated. You, you don't have to walk around with, with your head down and saying, where are you, God? Because God is there. God is real. God is knocking on your door, and he's telling you to wake up. He's telling you to wake up and to look to him, to look to him in your weakness. And I notice a lot of you here who are weak right now, who are weak and tired and weary, not knowing what to do. Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Guys, there's no shame in admitting that in your weakness, you want to cry to God. There's no shame in that. There's nothing uh, wrong in saying that I want to trust in God now because you're weak. There's nothing wrong with that. If all your life you've been dealing with that, with people telling you you're weak, people telling you you're, you're a nobody, you're just going to grow to be like your father. You're just going to grow to be like your sister or your brother. Rebuke that in Jesus' name. You are not like them. You are more than that. God has called to be set apart. Just like God called Samson to be set apart. Yet despite his sin, God used him. Are you going to cry to God? Are you going to answer to God? It's serious. I know there's some of you. Some of you still out there. These brothers right here, they're courageous. They know when they're weak. They admit it, and they need to trust in God. Jesus. If I could have some leaders just to lay hands. 